Hey everyone, welcome to The Survival Show Podcast. Today we're going to jump into our next episode in our new series called Survival Quick Tips, where Craig and I will break down a vital survival, emergency, or preparedness topic in a shorter, more shareable segment where we will try, but don't always succeed, at keeping it around 15 minutes. But before we get started, I want to let you know that you can also watch every episode of Survival Quick Tips over at the Ultimate Survival Tips YouTube channel. All right, let's jump in to today's important topic. In this segment, what David and I will be doing is we'll take a few minutes to break down a vital emergency preparedness or survival topic that's found in the Tiny Survival Guide. The Tiny Survival Guide, guess what, is the number one pick Mm -hmm. for EDC survival guides on Amazon, so it's fantastic. That's awesome. And along the way, what we'll be doing is sharing a few action steps that you can put into practice today. And everybody, today we're going to be referencing section M, which is foraging for food, in the Tiny Survival Guide as we take you through seven foraging tips for easy disaster and emergency food preparedness. All right, Craig, get us started. Can you share with us what foraging is? Foraging is basically opportunistic feeding, meaning that you go into an environment, whether that's urban or rural, and you find food sources for yourself in that environment. Hopefully you're finding them where you don't have to do a lot of work as far as preparation is concerned, and you can readily get food in that manner. What's the difference between foraging and scavenging then? Scavenging is collecting anything from discarded waste. Next, why is foraging with proper knowledge an easy way to get food in a survival situation? Well, it just doesn't take that much effort. I mean, you just go into the environment and find something that you can utilize rather than have to hunt it, prepare it, and do stuff of that nature. Okay, now let's get into these seven safe, emphasis on safe, foraging tips. Rule number one, never eat anything unless you are 100% certain what it is and know for sure it is edible. Yeah, definitely. If in doubt, leave it out is a good thing to keep in mind. Once again, this is one of those things you need to start studying now. We've got some good outlines. It's a really good outline of different edible bugs in the Tiny Survival Guide. You can check that out and that'll start getting you on the path to proper identification. In the Tiny Survival Guide, we've got a a quick keyed uh, list of edible plants, edible flowers, edible parts of trees, etc., so check that out as a start. Yeah, I've got a, on in the full-on Tiny Survival Masterclass, there's a good section on different ways to forage for food. And so I highly recommend that when you get into the course content. And there's also a section of that on critical decision-making as it relates to foraging. So that would be something to look forward to. Rule number two, and I would say that this would specifically be in pertaining to people who live in an urban or a suburban environment, which is never eat chemically treated plants yeah you want to keep in mind that some areas that are public may have toxins put on them for uh, herbicide or something of that nature for example or insecticide so you don't want to be eating plants that have been treated like that so you want to know the areas that you're foraging in whether that has happened at the same time uh, certain plants grow on host and this is one of the reasons we'll get to this in a minute talking about mushrooms mushrooms are something that grows on a host whatever plant it is whether it's mushroom or something else you want to make sure that the host that it is growing on is a healthy host as well. So if you got contaminated soil and you've got plant that's growing in that soil, there's a good chance that the toxins from the contaminated soil will be in the plant as well. Now we've got another rule here 
Cook or boil plants cleaned in questionable water before eating. Yeah, you never want to utilize water that is suspect for either your own hydration or to clean plants that are suspect. So if you take plants and take them to a creek and wash them in the creek, it might be that the plants were just fine and now you put them in a contaminated creek. Now you have contaminated plants. So whenever you can, boil the water and utilize that to clean plants or, better yet, to be more safe than sorry, then boil the plants themselves in water, and that way you can get a lot of nutrition out of the water because nutrition will leach out of the plants, and that way you have the ability to get nutrition that way as well. Let's talk about some dangers with eating wild mushrooms. Well, here's the thing about mushrooms is, and we talked about this in the last one where we actually use critical decision-making skills to look at our food sources. The The fact of the matter is most rush, mushrooms do not have uh, but little nutritional content. Now, some are better than others, obviously, but when it comes down to mushrooms, let's say you pick up the wrong one or ma- let's say you make, pick up an edible mushroom, but it's growing on a toxic host, which would be easy to do in a stressed-out survival situation. Then now you're taking in toxic chemicals into your body that could either kill you or make you sick if you get sick even if it's just diarrhea let's say that's the only side effect of eating a poor mushroom now you're burning a lot of calories because you're sick you're having to take in extra water and on and on and on and on now you're exponentially snowballing into a bad situation for survival yeah the other thing to be careful of craig is there are so many look-alike mushrooms and when you said there's very little nutritional value in general to mushrooms most people that are really into mushrooms and identifying mushrooms and using them are often for medicinal purposes. A good example, I did a video for our YouTube channel back in the spring where I took people through and showed them jack-o'-lantern mushrooms, chanterelles, as well as chicken of the woods. Because the thing that's true about all of those is they are all orange or they have orange parts to them. And so I got really frustrated because I'm on a mycological group on Facebook and people were sharing, hey, what is this mushroom? And somebody said, hey, that is uh, chicken of the woods when it's actually jack-o'-lantern, which is a very toxic mushroom. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that to the untrained eye, one of the first things that comes out is orange, the color, right? And so when you see that, you go, oh, that's chicken of the woods, when actually it's it's not. It's It could be jack-o'-lanterns or something of that nature. So study. One of the best ways to study mushrooms, we're not going to have anything in any of our content where we teach people to eat mushrooms because – Personally, this is one of the few things that I say there's only one way to learn mushrooms, in my opinion, and that is to study with someone. So for survival, just stay away from them. That's the best thing to keep in mind. Rule number five, get trained. And there's another thing. there. When you get trained, there are different, I think, tiers of plants. There are some that are plentiful, common, and safe to eat and easy to identify. So if you're just starting in this, Stick with those types of plants. Yeah, I'm a big fan of studying with someone or studying with one of our online courses. The Vital Survival course has a section on foraging and edible medicinal plants, and I teach you in that course, and that's the course that we'll be discussing later that you can get into, so jump into it. But uh, we've also got courses on edible medicinal trees, and the big one that, that gets missed more than anything is just how to start subdividing plants into these different groups that David was mentioning. And so just studying how to study plants is going to be a valuable practice for you when you first get started on studying plants and stuff of that nature for your food sources. And if you have the tiny survival guide, you can see section M and that's kind of a primer. And it's also kind of like a quick guide to a lot of different plants. 
Rule number six, roast, fry, or boil all bugs. Yeah, uh, because bugs are slow moving more often than not, they're likely to carry bacterial contamination on them. So you're going to want to do something to to bring them to a high temperature so you can get rid of that bacterial contamination. What types of bugs should we avoid? Okay, I'm a big fan of staying away from bugs that are hairy. Any food source that smells bad, stay away from and that includes bugs. Bright colors are typically problematic. Um, ones that are incredibly slow moving, like snails, stuff of that nature, just stay away from them. And anything that could possibly feed on toxic plants, stay away from. So anything that, for example, every time I harvest chicken of the woods mushrooms in a homesteading situation, not for survival, they've always got bugs on them. Uh, there's always bugs on mushrooms. And so that's a really important part of the ecosystem, but that's not something I'm going to eat because some bugs might be coming from a toxic mushroom rather than, rather than an edible one or a toxic plant. And so that can be very problematic. All right, everyone, we are out of time for the survival quick tips segment. But in a moment, Craig and I are going to continue the conversation with something I think you'll all be interested in, and it's some exclusive content for our Tiny Survival Masterclass students. And we're going to discuss some of our favorite edible bugs and plants, and maybe one or two that we really, really don't like. Definitely, definitely. And you want to get in on that because you'll hear some stories from real world examples of bugs that we have eaten that we like and ones that we don't and that content is absolutely vital it's additional content obviously and it'll help you plug the gaps in your safety survival security and overall emergency preparedness so jump in on that additional content use the link in the description below or go over to tinysurvivalmasterclass.com and don't forget as always subscribe wherever you're watching or hearing this we really appreciate that and please consider sharing the content with others so that you can help them be better prepared. I think that's it, everybody. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.